everyone. Welcome to our second audio paper on the podcast. This is read out by our colleague Mark Preston from the School of Education here at the University of Glasgow. Keep in mind, we are always open to accept audio papers. So if you have any subtle publications or learning and teaching publications you want to share as an audio recording, please get in touch with us through our Twitter account at U of G Subtle. I repeat, our Twitter account is at U of G Subtle. So get in touch, DM us, and we are happy to share our public your publications as all your publications. So without further ado, I hand over to Mark and I hope you enjoy the paper. This was a paper submitted to the Journal of Perspectives and Applied Academic Practice. The title of the paper was Enhancing the Agency of Early Career Academics. The authors were Mark Breslin, Julie Harvey, Brian Leslie and Evelyn McLaren, all from the University of Glasgow. The abstract uh, starts by um, exploring the lived experiences of four early, early career academics transitioning from school educators within primary and secondary schools to lecturers in initial teacher education in a UK, United Kingdom higher education institution. These early career academics were established teachers with strong practitioner identities within their field of education and experienced in reflective practice. This study aims to gain a deeper, deeper understanding of how their agency was impacted in this transition. The concept of agency is firstly explored and an ecological model presented and used as a framework in this study. A collaborative autoethnographic methodological approach is used to study uh, to structure personal and professional reflections in order to gain an insight into the evolving identities of early career academics as they embrace and develop new careers within higher education um, as lecturers. Factors emerge which have both hindered and enhanced agency and this paper sets out some recommendations for change. It is hoped that higher education establishments may find these findings useful to consider when inducting new members of staff and helping them develop and flourish in their early stages of their academic career. It should also be noted that this uh, study was carried out over a four-year period in order to get a true reflection of the transition from the schools that the, the, the authors emerged from into higher education. Keywords uh, within and throughout the paper are agency, identity, early career academics, academic scholarship and academic induction. The introduction. Advanced Higher Education 2021 recognises that the transition into higher education can be challenging for those entering an academic career. This issue has, has been highlighted by several studies as potentially impacting the job satisfaction of early career academics, the productivity and the student experience. Boyd 2010, McAlpine, Amundsman and Turner 2014. While some Generic studies have been conducted. This research addresses a gap in the literature by focusing specifically on teaching professionals entering initial teacher education within a university setting. This is under-researched as an under-researched area with a lack of precise statistical information regarding the numbers transforming or transferring from school into higher education. There are a number. Uh, there are many professional school teachers who are recruited to work within ITE programmes, Boyd and Harris 2010. 
and these are often assigned to teaching focused contracts rather than research based ones, which Smith and Walker 2021 observe and could be problematic. The overall numbers of ex-school teachers are small within HE, but proportionally high within initial teacher education. It could be argued that it is imperative that lecturers working with student teachers have significant experience of professional practice. Shulman 2012 highlights that within a professional programme, experience of professional practice is fundamental to bridge the gap between academic theory and practitioner experience. This research investigates the lived experiences of such practitioners into transitioning from professional settings and into academia. In order to develop a deeper understanding of the challenges and opportunities faced by early career academics, an autoethnographic study has, has been conducted and factors affecting the agency of those entering HE institutions from school environment are reflected, uh, are reflected on. As this paper is concerned with the agency of early career academics, so it is necessary to begin by clarifying and defining what is meant by this term. Agency is a concept which is growing in popularity within educational literature. Epistolio et al. 2013. However, many models and theories around this subject exist and it could be described as an uh, amorphous term. This article begins by considering the, the nature of agency, then draws on an ecological model to elucidate thinking on the subject. This paper considers reflective writings and discussions which focus on the participants' personal thoughts and experiences of the, their transition to higher education. Common themes are considered under, the th uh, under three main agency model headings, namely iterational, practical evaluative and projective, while drivers and barriers to agency are identified within each category and recommendations for further practice are then made. It is hoped that some of the issues raised in the article will stimulate discussion within higher education sector and lead to improvements in the induction and development um, or development processes of early career academics. Several areas are highlighted for consideration by higher education institutions and recommendations made. Agency. Agency can be conceptualised in many ways and it is possible to categorise discussions perpetrating to it around four main theoretical domains, namely social sciences, post-structural, social-cultural and identity and life course approaches. It is Apple et al. 2013. Each of these traditions hold different perspectives on what agency is and how it can be realised. Social sciences literature on the subject is dominated by a focus on social and economical structures and, the, and their impact on the ability to affect social change. Hitlin and Elder 2017. Here, agency can be viewed as a factor which is weighted against powerful and influential structures in society. Post-structuralist theory is heavily concerned with the construction of language and discourses and how this can be con and how this can constrain 
or enhance the ability of individuals to act. For example, some feminist post-structural research considers how language can be used to create categories, hierarchies and classifications which privilege some genders while disadvantaged others. St. Pierre 2000 Social cultural um, ideologies focused on collective and social networks and environments as being key to developing the ability of people to thrive and develop. Archer 2000 and 2003 On the other hand, identity and life, courses, life course approaches see agency as something which people do based on the previous experiences, present situation and future orientations. Etelas Bellato et al. 2013 Priestley, Giesta and Robinson 2015 assert that much of the literature on agency conceptualises it as a, a variable and or capacity. Variable in terms of being measured against other factors such as structures, Hitlin and Elder 2007, or capacity in terms of being perceived as an intrinsic quality or capability a person has which enables them to realise the outcomes they wish to achieve. Coast Guard 2009. However, Emberia and Mischief, 1998, argue that agency is an analytical category in its own right. They attempt to go beyond what they argue are various one-sided points of view by theorising the interplay between the different dimensions of agency, namely iterational, practical, evaluative and projective. They describe these key elements as a chordal triad of agency within which all three dimensions resonate as separate but not always harmonious tones. In Birel Man Mishef, uh, 1998, page 972. These factors, these three facets of agency interact simultaneously and consistently as people go about their daily business. Priestley and colleagues, 2000, uh, colleagues 2015 have developed the concept of agency as a phenomenon and take an ecological approach to this. Agency here is not considered as being something which a person has or possesses, but rather something which they are able to achieve and which is affected by the chordal triad, in brackets, iterational, practical, evaluative and projective, as identified by Emberia and Mashev 98. Figure 1 below illustrates the relationship between these three dimensions. Looking more closely at the ecological model of agency in figure 1, the iterational factors are the beliefs, views and opinions which are shaped by life and professional histories. These influence, influence the thoughts a person has, the choices they make and the actions that they carry out, whether consciously or subconsciously. A lecturer who has a personal experience of being discriminated against, for example, may be more active in advocating, advocating for marginalised students than someone who has had no such experiences. Similarly, a person who has had training in digital technologies may be more likely to incorporate this into their teaching practice than someone who has not. 
Iterational factors link the projective factors projective factors which are short term and long term goals. Actors can um, actors continuously engage in, in memories and experiences from the past, project project hy hypothetically about the future and adjust their actions according to what em what emerging situations are occurring at that present time. At times there may be a great emphasis on regressive thoughts. At other times, um, uh, more orient orientation towards the future or focus on present happenings. And Barrier and Mishev, 1998, uh, refer to this constant flow between past, futures and present as relational pragmatics, which they say affect the ability to respond critically and reflectively to structural context. The practical evaluative dimensions um, of agency include cultural, structural and material. Cultural involves the values held, the discourses and language used. Structures include social structures, relationships, power and trust. Materials can be resources and the physical environment. All of these elements interact with each other, as shown by um, figure one, and can enhance or inhibit agency. The ecological model identified has been adopted as a framework in this research for considering the experiences of the four early career academics working within the School of, Educa School of Education at the University of Glasgow. Each of the dimensions identified in this model will be used to consider how the agency of the early career academic has been affected in the transition from school-based practitioner to academic. Methodology. This project took the form of a collaborative autoethnographic study. An approach to research and writing that seeks to describe and systematically analyse personal experiences in order to understand cultural experiences. Ellis Adams, Botchner, 2011, page 345. It is focused and puts the researcher at the centre of the research. Chan et al. 2013, in order to examine and analyse the lived experiences in a form of critical pedagogy which creates knowledge. Kohan, Mannon and uh, Morrison, 2018. Daniels and Vargas, 2020, argued that reflex, uh, reflexivity, reflexivity and critical self-awareness are skills which need to be fostered in those involved in education. Zadania, 2014, argues that more orthoenthropic studies should be done by those in education. This approach shares the commonality of studying and finding the story in I and is co committed to the self and critical inquiry component. Hamilton Smith Morrington, 2008. This type of research challenges traditional thinking about what constitutes research and opens a space that simultaneously places the researcher participant in both roles. Collaborative autoethnographic involves the sharing of experiences among researchers to identify common themes related relating to the social and cultural context of participants. These discussions provide as a spaces for collaborative collective dialogue where power is shared with and for participants 
rather than exerted over them. Morley, 2011. This has been described by Chang et al., 2013, page 2, as distinctive from other methodologies in three ways, being qualitative, self-focused, and context-conscious. The four early career academics in this study took the roles as researchers and participants in order to explore their own personal and social cultural selves and identities. Delmont 2009 notes that often autoethnography has an agenda which is important to the researcher. In this case, the researchers felt strongly about the need to raise awareness of the highlights and challenges that face early career academics in higher education, especially in fields that involve professional standards. Their intentions were to impact positively on the induction process and professional development support in place. In this study, the researchers had ongoing meetings over a two-year period to discuss their, ex their experiences of the transition from working in primary and secondary educational settings into tertiary education and examine the correlations which emerged. This timescale allowed for a more in-depth analysis and sustained discussion to explore the challenge assumptions. During these meetings, reflection notes were taken and were structured around the agency model in Figure 1, where, um, where expectations, emotions, values and roles were discussed and recorded using reflective notes. As Pollard 2014 observes reflection, observes reflection is essential for enabling the understanding of choices, decisions and behaviours that routinely affect professional identity. Identity is viewed here as something which is not static but fluid and shifts over time, influenced by the social and cultural environment, De et al. 2006. This is referred to as the, the identity trajectory by McAlpine et al. 2014. Having four sets of notes allowed a wider perspective of discussion to be accepted. After these meetings, the researchers then met again to conduct a thematic analysis using the reflective notes to identify if there were any common themes that appeared across the experiences using thematic coding. Reliance on the identification of themes as the goal of analysis was endemic in this qualitative research. Basley 2009 suggests, however, that, it is, that, in, that in order to gain meaningful conclusions and to enrich analysis of qualitative data, the researcher should consider other strategies such as improving interpretation and naming categories, using com comparison and pattern analysis to refine and relate to categories or themes, using divergent views and negative cases to challenge generalizations, creating displays using matrix, graphs, flowcharts and models, and using writings itself to prompt deeper, deeper thinking. Once the data had been collected, a process of analysis began using codes to identify themes. Firstly, open coding, where data was divided into similar groupings to form preliminary categories of information. Then that followed on to axial coding, following on from the open coding, the categories were identified and were grouped into emerging themes. And lastly, selective coding, 
The emergent themes were then compared and contrasted to articulate a coherent understanding of what had been uncovered. Once the themes from the data had been identified, they were then used to prompt further discussion to draw conclusions and make recommendations for practice. In line with Hermides et al. 2015, the credibility and trustworthiness of this research was pursued by triangulating data from a variety of sources, e.g. individual data from memory, reflective uh, self-reflection and external sources. Interactions and discussions also um, sorry, also involved challenging and probing, um, probing perspectives. Like all studies, uh, there were limitations of the study. One limitation of the study might be considered um, as a small scale and the fact that the participants had similar professional backgrounds and worked within the same university. This may, take, um, this may make it harder uh, for generalisations to be made from the findings. However, both Stake 2000 and Faltus 1997 argue that generalisation need not and should not be a goal of qualitative research. It is up to the readers to draw upon their own conclusions and generalisations based on evidence and their reflect, uh, relevance, relevance to their own particular circumstances. While this study um, is unique within uh, within it, there were uh, there may be elements that were present similarities similarities for readers to draw upon in relation to their own settings. Faltus, nineteen ninety seven, Stake two thousand refers to this process as naturalistic generalizations. Yen two thousand and three describes analytic generation um, as the generalizations drawn about the phenomenon being studied when the data is analysed as opposed to statistical generalisation. It is hoped that this research will produce such analytical generalisations which can be useful um, to educational practitioners. Looking more closely at the iterational and projective factors, one of the common themes that ar arose with, um, from the study is that all part um, participants believed that they had hit the ceiling in their previous careers in both primary and secondary schools. And this had been a major influence in applying to work within the university setting. Two had been head teachers, one had been a principal teacher and the other a subject leader. For example, one participant spoke about their local authority manager, discouraging them from further study as they said this might impinge on their time to make school improvements. Others said that within their departments they had gone as far as they wanted to go and were looking for a change in direction. Another commonality was that they had all experience of working with external agencies before transitioning into the higher education sector. Some had secondments to the local authorities, liaised with the Scottish Government and other professional bodies, and so they had felt they had developed a wider perspective on education than perhaps their colleagues who had not had these experiences. They thought they had been able to, that, that being able to see the bigger picture may have been a factor in their move to, into higher education. In the main, the move to higher education was not done equitably as, their as, their, as the participants potentially received a decrease in salary and lost beneficial working conditions, for example, losing annual leave. Rather, it was personal development and challenge. The participants in the study spoke passionately about their subject specialisms on education in general. They expressed their commitment to lifelong professional learning and a desire to promote this practice for novice practitioners. This drive to help others to develop in a, um, in a previous field is common within several academic disciplines that recruit academics 
from the industries they are linked to. For example, education, medicine, accountancy. And that is uh, supported by Boyd Harris, 2010, Boyd and Lolly, 2009, Lindsay and Smith, um, 2021. In these studies, it was found the participants often linked their practice to their previous identity as practitioners, Boyd and Harris, 2010. They viewed themselves in a state of transition from one professional identity to another, McAlpine et al. 2014, <coughs> and Birrier and Miche, uh, Miche 1998, acknowledged the projective aspect of agency, which is linked um, closely to the past and present, and is described by Priestley et al. 2015, page 21, as an intention to bring about a future that is different from the present and the past. The early career academics who are the focus of this research express their desire to create transitions in practice through develop, developing their knowledge, understanding and self-efficacy in scholarship activities. This is, this in line, uh, is in line with Shulman, 2012, describes, uh, which describes as being a professional rather than a craft, craftsman and utilising scholarship to enhance learning and teaching. Looking um, more um, and, and more in depth at the practical evaluative factors, um, there was a shift in professional language. When coming to, to work in the, um, the higher education environment, participants said that they found a number of things confusing and hard to navigate. One of the main cultural changes noted was a shift in the nature of professional language, check 2014. In some studies, this had been found to be a common experience of practitioners moving from professional setting to an, an, an analogous uh, one in higher education, Boyd and Lolly, 2009, Boyd and Harris, 2010. Like schools, there are a number of acronyms de deployed by established staff that take several months or longer um, to make one's, oneself fully aware of. Awareness often comes by encouraging them in events that are linked to, to e.g. codes used for grading within an exam board, Boyd and Harris, 2010. This can result in a feeling of unease, awkwardness, and lack of confidence um, until terminology becomes familiar. All of the early career academics within this study felt that an induction reference manual would have been useful, um, a useful tool to be given at, right at the onset. They also struggled to about knowing who to contact for information or, or advice, and said that along there, um, and said that along there were a plethora of information on the website. This could also be hard to navigate in terms of finding the right people or the right person to talk to. Scholarship versus uh, traditional research. The early career academics in this study were all employed um, on teaching and scholarship uh, contracts. Another theme which emerged in relation to this was that there the, that each participant found a tension between the demands on the, the, the on, uh, demands on them for scholarship and the emphasis on research within the university setting. For example, the researchers noted the focus on research excellence framework in brackets ref. During, during many staff meetings um, and continuing professional development discussions, but this was some, not something that was explained clearly to them and which was not directly applicable to them on the, the teaching and scholarship route. The contrary teaching excellence framework was a tangible topic for discussion at best comparison. Participants all said that they were unsure why the ref was so heavily 
um, so heavily, uh, the ref was so heavily, was a, a tangent topic for discussion um, um, at best uh, by comparison. Participants all said that they were aware why the ref was so heavily focused on and often felt alienated from discussions when they were the centre, um, when they were centred on this topic. Another issue which emerged was the lack of clarity around the term scholarship, which caused a certain amount of anxiety among the early career academics. Smith and Walker 2021 suggests that those on the teaching contracts can experience a lack of definition of what scholarly activity compromises. When clar clarification of the definition of scholarship was sought, all participants reported that it was acknowledged within the university that there was not a clear and consistent understanding of this and the difference between scholarship and research was blurry and certainly unclear. Smith and Walker 2021 have found that of 48 mid-sized UK establishments, only two had widely circulated a definition of what scholarship was to help their staff be clear on how to engage on scholarly practice. Kernetal 2015, page 2, noted that, in speech brackets, lack of conscientious persists in, in definitions of SOTO, uh, scholarship of teaching and learning. Therefore, early career academic situ situation is not an uncommon one within an academic teams. The situation caused particular anxiety because the professional development and review process linked to career pro pro progression requires evidence of scholarship activity to be detailed. Smith and Walker 2021 point out that the time allocation to scholarly activity for those on teaching-based routes can be limited and at senior grades this lack of time creates incom incompatibilities of promotion criteria aligning with the university's teaching remit. Boyer 1990 defines scholarship around four aspects, discovery, integration, application and teaching. Discovery is the dimension that is closest in the definition to traditional research work. Iteration, integration is used, um, use, is use of knowledge in interdisciplinary and novel ways. Application is the use of knowledge in a concrete fashion. Teaching is for effective knowledge transfer. The participants perceived that these aspects were not always equally valued. Boyer, 1990, page 89, asserts that the integration and valuing of, these, of all these aspects in, in speech brackets recognises the great diversity of talent within professoriate and also may prove especially useful to faculty as, uh, as they reflect on the meaning and direction of their professional lives. In conclusion, Boyer asserts that what we urgently need today is a more inclusive view of what, is, what it means to be a scholar, a recognition that knowledge is acquired through research, through synthesis, through practice and through teaching. Work on framing what scholarship can be defined as has since continued. There has been challenges in narrowing def defining scholarship for the university teachers, leading to pra practices undertaken in scholarly activity to, de to be described as a big tent by Czech 2014. 
Defining specific practices, um, activities and outputs on two domains within a structure like the dimensions of activities related to teaching. Um, to teaching. And in brackets, DART created by Kern et al. 2015 may allow practitioners to reframe what they do within scholarship and be more aware of other related activities that could broaden and enhance their scholarly work and output. The early career academics felt that a large part of their current activity could be framed as activities related teaching on the private rather than the public end of the DART model. They felt that their practice experience was undervalued. Shulman 2012 states that both scholarly teaching and a scholarship of teaching are deeply valued in the professional community. Scholarly teaching is like the clinical work of the faculty members in, in a medical school teaching hospital. I would never wish to be associated with a medical school that was not home to outstanding clinical, uh, outstanding clinical facility. However, all the early career, career academics commented that it seemed teaching and practice experience was valued less than research experience in the higher education settings. Smith and Boyd, 2012. An example of this given um, that when trying to secure a permanent teaching post within the university, one of the members of the group had failed even to secure an interview for a permanent teaching job when they had already been doing on a temporary, on a temporary basis, despite having almost 30 years teaching experience in the field. When getting feedback as to why this was the case, they were told, what is valued in school is not always always valued in the university. The post subsequently went to someone with research background and little teaching experience. Looking at the professional development, another theme that the early career academics identified was relevant of the relevance of the postgraduate certificate of academic practice course, which was compulsory for all incoming academic staff. These credentials are common in most HE institutions. Tomlinson and Watermeyer, 2020. This course is part of the induction process and focuses on aspects of teaching and learning for those academics involved in teaching students. Although the participants in this study has combined practical teaching experiences of over 66 years, they were still required to complete a two-year course based on the principles of learning and teaching. This was alongside researchers from different disciplinary backgrounds with little or no knowledge of the theory of teaching and learning. While those were little, um, those with little teaching experience may gain much from such a core uh, course. Each one of the academics in this study expressed expressed the view that the course was limited in its use, limited sorry, in its usefulness to them, and restricted their time in engaging in more relevant and meaningful meaningful professional development. Lindsay and Smith, 2021, page 36, found that, speech brackets, typical induction processes tend to be gen geared to those who have followed a traditional academic career path rather than mid-career switchers who were not tailored to their needs, which was not tailored to their needs. All participants noted that having to write assignments on topics that they had studied for years and years, for example, assessment, reduce their agency in engaging with scholarly activities that they wanted to develop. This aligns with the findings of Boyd 2010 when examining perceptions of formal induction for teaching and medical professions. 
a, posit a positive scene by the group of their experiences of this um, course was the chance to speak, um, speak to and build networks with other early career academics across, the, across disciplines. Another was gaining insight into university procedures and techniques through the perspective of a wider body of, institu of the institution. However, the early, early career academics reflected that on, a on the whole, they would have found an alternative course which would allow them to build their knowledge of scholarly and research practice more beneficial, which would have been more, ben more beneficial. This assertion is supported where, when Cameron 2021 states that with a body of academic staff, there were a dual or second careerists. These individuals enter higher education from industry positions that may not possess a traditional research profile. Hierarchical structures. A further theme emerged from this study related to the hierarchy within the university, which differs from that of a school environment. It was noted by each participant that as an early career academic, it is not immediately obvious who has ownership of a particular remit. This correlates to the findings of Smith and Boyd 2012, who carried out similar research looking at, looking at the, the, the transition of medical professionals into higher education. The importance of professional dialogue and networking, both formally and informally, was highlighted by McAlpine et al. 2014 and helping newly appointed members of staff to navigate their unfamiliar environment. The participants within this study identified that a large proportion of their understanding of the new workplace derived mainly from informal networking interactions. Knowledge was occurred by the, this process rather than being driven by policy or procedural documentation, and this was also true for the induction process. Each participant had a varied experience of the mentoring programme, which ranged from a, a good to non-existent. Some participants experienced a reliance on the goodwill and collegiality of staff rather than any formal mentoring. Smith and Boyd 2012 recognises that there, that, that there is a, a level of autonomy that is fundamental, in a, fundamental in a, within a university, and it would appear that as a result, the, the mentoring system can have irregular or even minimal impact. This is linked to the mentee-mentor workload, the areas of expertise that exist, and the relational dynamics. And that's by McAlpine and Ackerland, 2010. It was conducted that the induction was not eminently geared up for second career professionals, professionals finding themselves transitioning into the academic life. Each participant of this study identified the mentoring system as an additional layer of complexity in the hierarchy which represented both positives and challenges for them. Informal networks. Some of the structures within the University of um, Education provided opportunities for all four early career academics to develop and shape their own career paths in keeping with their, their areas of expertise and interests. This was achieved through a range of local and collegiate learning opportunities such as research and teaching groups where small groups of colleagues met on a monthly basis to discuss their teaching, research project interests and funding opportunities. As well as these were more formal events, many informal collaborations occurred. An example of an informal network was uh, that was not tightly structured and was directly contributed towards to, to the scholarship 
of the elocated academics in this study was the input of an experienced visiting academic who helped them from the uh, form a support network centred on developing scholarly activity. This was the catalyst for the early career academics to embark on a project around scholarship. Boyd and Harris 2010 termed this as fuzzy learning as they espouse its effectiveness in supporting early career academics and developing their scholarly work. All of the participants in this study acknowledged their informal collaboration as one of the most meaningful development activities that they participated in. This was similar to finding the, find, the findings of Brooks, Franklin and Phillips and Rath 2018. The transition from, from school teaching into higher education takes considerable time and requires learning from more experienced colleagues. Smith and Boyd 2012. As noted above, moving beyond the formal induction programme and establishing informal support networks can be an invaluable resource. Wenger 1998. The lived experiences of the academics within this, this writing acknowledge the significance of building up the, um, the building up of the go-to in speech brackets colleagues as informal support. McAlpine et al. 2014. Autonomy. Each participant within the study had a different experience in relation to initial uh, initial levels of responsibility each were asked to take on when they started. Where one said they were given time to shadow others and and easy and eased and eased in gently, others felt pressured into taking on programme leadership roles from a variety uh, from a very early stage. One of the early career academics reported uh, attention that while their high levels of responsibility on starting and post presented challenges in the beginning, with little support being offered, both administrative and as well as academic. Looking back, they can see that this has given them a certain level of autonomy and ownership over their teaching and scholarship activity. Indeed, all of the early career academics reported that they felt very more, much more autonomous over their workloads in the university than they had in the previous roles and felt that, that, that this was enhancing an enhancing factor in providing them with agency. Autonomy was a positive theme which emerged from the participants' discussions in terms of shaping their career paths and being able to carry out work-related duties in, in a time and place of their own choosing, apart from um, direct teaching slots. Looking at the physical environment, informal networking within higher education can be impacted by the physical environment. Being located in a shared office provided two participants in this study with opportunities to learn informally from a range of colleagues. However, a challenge of this working environment was noted as a frequent interruption and distraction with no private space for meetings or confidential conversations. The other um, two early career academics with individual offices note that while they had an appropriate working space to, to fulfil their role, they experienced a, a feelings of isolation and found establishment, establishing informal um, support networks more challenging due to limited daily interactions with colleagues. McAlpine and Alcaraline, 2010. Each early career academic noted an impact on agency as they adjusted to working in a larger, um, a larger environment with a more diverse range of teaching and learning spaces than experienced in the, their, their previous roles within schools. 
They all highlighted the benefits of having access to a wider range of resources available within the university to support teacher and learning while provided opportunities for enhanced creativity and agency. However, the sheer scale of teaching across the university campus resulted in high demand for appropriate teaching and learning spaces. Due to the range of requirements and rooms available across an extensive timetable, each of the early career academics had experiencing some rooms not being fit for purpose and for activities carried out within initial teacher education programmes. This affected the pedagogical approaches that could be taken. For example, collaborative learning was inhibited when having to teach in a lecture theatre or small room without tables. One of the early career academics was based in a purpose-built specialist environment with all resources necessary, necessary, which enhanced their agency in delivering high-quality teaching and learning. However, the remaining three early career academics faced the difficulties of navigating a vast geographical area, often having to walk up, um, up to a mile while carrying bulky, cumbersome resources necessary for their lessons. This was due to the fact that the central timetubing system often planned consecutive lessons for members of for members of staff in different buildings. Factors out with the control of the early career, early career academics resulted in lectures and seminars being um, alloc allocated using an automated, non-holistic method. Indeed, many higher education institutions have identified a, a sustained rise in the number of students over the last decade, which may be a contributing factor, factor in centralising the administration of the timetable and all room allocations resulting in an increase in difficulty, staff experiences of gaining access to appropriate teaching space. And that's from the Higher Education Statistical Agency 2020. Looking at um, the time management factor, other challenges that were highlighted as impacting negatively on negatively on agency relate to both time management and pressures of working within a setting that does not run to a master timetable like a school or hospital. Smith and Boyd, 2012. Higher education is made up of a, a range of colleagues with differing contracts. Different contracts. All the early career academics within this study were working on a teaching and scholarship contract which mandates a high teaching workload with only 13% of their time allocated for scholarship. This differs from research contracts where a higher proportion of time is allocated to research and scholar activity. Smith and Boyd 2012 highlights the pressures of balancing scholarship and teaching, stating that teaching is a key priority but scholarship is essential to uphold academic credibility. However, it was noted by all early career academics that the regimented timetabling of classes meant that they were often unable to attend structured events such as writing retreats, conferences and other CPD opportunities that would enhance their scholarship. That's with Smith and Boyd, 2012. With a high level of teaching workload and the balance between meaningful scholarship and the quality um, and quality teaching and course management was highlighted as a challenge by all four academics. Discussion and recommendations. Boyer 1990 uses the term scholarship when expressing a need to evolve the practice within higher education to make the process of teaching and research more interrelated rather than a com competing activities. 
Classic 2000, Booth and Willacott 2018. This collaborative autoethnographic study has been a scholarship activity that has used a framework of agency to identify and analyse factors that can impact the early career academics in fulfilling their academic role. Recommendations will now be offered to support the early career academics negotiating the transition into university in the future. Robust and consistent induction processes. Making the induction process the induction process more consistent for all early career academics would help with building the confidence of the overall experience of new members of staff. The role of the former me- for, for the former mentor is particularly important. Important and having a uniform approach to tra- training mentors would be beneficial in giving a more positive experience to both mentors and mentees. This would ideally result in all early career academics being assigned a suitable member and having a programme of regular contact with them in the first few years of their appointment. A standardised induction manual with an outline of key structures, key policies and contacts would also be helpful in allowing new members of staff to identify um, and access key people and develop a clearer understanding of the hierarchical structures in place and the physical surroundings. Fostering collaborative cultures Higher education institutions should focus more heavily on developing collaborative cultures and informal networking opportunities where early career academics can identify issues important for them and develop solutions to problems which may emerge. The impact of this would be to promote confidence and inclusivity. Opportunities for those on teaching and scholarship contracts to work with um, those on research contracts would also benefit, uh, will also be beneficial in facilitating the sharing of expertise and experiencing and in reducing perceived barriers which may exist between the two. Improved timetabling. <coughs> this study found that there, there needs to be a more clear alignment between timetabling and the needs of students and staff. This is essential for the facilitation of adequate rooms um, in suitable locations and ensuring high quality teaching and learning experiences for all. More suitable professional development opportunities. Professional development should be tailored more closely to the needs of each early career academic. In particular, compulsory programmes such as postgraduate certificate of academic practice, practice should take account of um, participants' teaching experience and those who need more support when developing their, their research and scholarship competencies. When writing retreats and other scholarship activities are planned, the teaching commitments of those on teaching and scholarship contracts should also be taken into consideration to ensure they are able to access events. A clear definition of scholarship. Higher education institutions should work towards clearly defining the term scholarship, especially for those on teaching and scholarship contracts. This is essential in providing early career academics with a clear understanding of what is expected of them in terms of fulfilling their their contractual obligations, but also in ensuring that they are able to uh, to make advances in their careers. It is hoped that higher education establishments may find these recommendations useful to consider in order to improve the experience of early career um, early career academics within their establishments. In conclusion to this paper, this article has presented the transition of those beginning a career in higher education as potentially problematic. 
The findings of a collaborative autoethnographic study has been considered in terms of the experience of four early career academics. An ecological model was found to be useful in clarifying the notion of agency and in providing a framework around with which discussions could take place. The participants in this study structured their professional dialogue around iterational practice, evaluative and projective factors to explore how their agency was impacted either positively or negatively. Themed emerged from the data in terms of enabling the early career academics to achieve agency and from these, these themes some recommendations have been made. Although this was a small-scale study, it is hoped that these recommendations can be re utilised by institutions to enhance the transitions of those beginning in a early career in higher in a career in higher education. I will now read out the biographies of the four um, early career academics that presented this paper. Mark Breslin is a lecturer of physical education, health and well-being, and initial teacher education at the University of Glasgow. He's a former teacher of physical education. Mark is currently the programme leader of both the BTEC, um, BTEC Education Programme and Masters of Design and Technology Education Programme within the School of Education at the University of Glasgow. Julie Harvey is a lecturer in education and a former head teacher. She is a programme leader um, for the Into, um, In and Into Headship at the University of Glasgow, a member of the National Design Group for Educational Leadership in Scotland and a co-convener of the CIRA Listen Network. Julie also works on initial teacher education. Brian Leslie is a lecturer in technology education at the University of Glasgow and a former secondary teacher of technology. He currently teaches and supervises on both MD Tech and BTEC Ed. He is also part um, of a team that delivers technology courses within several primary education programmes. Evelyn McLaren is a lecturer in education at the University of Glasgow and a former primary teacher. Evelyn is currently programme leader of the Masters in Design Technology, Masters of Education programme, and she teaches on a range of undergraduate and postgraduate initial teacher education courses. Evelyn has also supervised the MH Professional Practice Dissertations. Mm -hmm.